Episode 2. Welcome to the Linda Mendable Show. They say a hustle is sold separately, and grace will take the places a hustle can't. In this podcast, Linda will inspire you to feel your passions and pursue your purpose. Because your business is more than just a dream. Hello, love. This is such an amazing episode. I can't wait till you guys just dig in and listen. So in this episode, I speak with the wonderful Laura Casey, and she is just a woman filled with discernment, understanding, and grace. We go into a plethora of things from shame to business to courage. So you're going to hear just Laura's story her transitions, and her wisdom within those transitions, her seasons of grace and her seasons of hardships, going through divorce, miscarriage, as well as adoption and adding a new member to her family. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. Also, I have to say that I have to apologize about the audio. Um, we were doing our best. We were Ethernet connected, but some of it is a bit choppy. But I did my best to provide you all with the best audio quality. So please forgive me, but it doesn't take away by just the the amazing testimony, resilience, and grace that this show has. So without further ado. Hey, Laura, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, thank you, Linda. I am great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I learned that to say that from you, actually, because I was watching a you Periscope. You did. Well, <laughs> I learned it from Chick-fil-A, so it's okay. <laughs> Aren't they the best, though? <laughs> they are. Their customer service is pretty awesome. So um, can you give our audience just a, a brief timeline on your history? Because I've been following you for a long time. And there's also like, I want to piggyback off of Jess Lively show. She pretty much went in depth with you. I know some new things have came up and everything, but let's just go there and just pick it up from there. For our audience member, go check out Jess Lively and then come check out this show. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So um, I am a mom of three. So we have um, one daughter who is almost six. And I have a son who is about 17 months. And then we have another daughter who's 11 months. So we have two under two and they're six months apart. And one is through the gift of adoption. So that is something that is new that has happened in our lives in the last year. But um, wow. I'm the publisher of Southern Weddings Magazine, which is kind of where I started in business. And then that led me to write the Make It Happen book. And I've since gone through lots of different phases in my business life. So doing speaking and writing and blogging. And um, the thing I spend the most time on in my business work, though, is a product I created four years ago called the Power Sheets. And it's an intentional goal uncovering system that really helps people to make what matters happen. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. (laughs) Kids too. (laughs) Yes. And um, so the power sheets, what does it do? Does it take the the person from like, from what they want to making it happen? Because I know it's called Make It Happen. I know your book is called Make It Happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. So the power sheets are very unique. 
traditional goal setting doesn't work for me. And I really needed a way to simplify life. I mean, I have so many things going on, just like you, just like so many moms out there, even if you're not a mom, just we have a lot going on. And it can be very easy to get distracted or to spend your time on things that aren't very fruitful. And so that's why I created the power chases. I really needed a way to uncover good goals and then have an action plan for them. So the first 50 or so pages of the power sheets help you to uncover what your goal should be. And then you have monthly sheets every month that allow you to take action on those things. Wow. And um, I noticed when I went on your website, I saw that um, people can basically write what it is that they want to do. What's that about? Yeah. So I'm not sure if this is the thing that you were referring to, but there is on um, my website, a page called um, laracasey.com slash book. Yes. And you can go on and write in the thing that you want to make happen. Um, And I believe in the power of words. Words are powerful. And when you speak them, it really does change your actions. So we created this page on my site um, called The Leap Wall, where you can write out the leap of faith that you want to take. Yeah, I love that. Um, Especially when fear, I feel like it sometimes is a thing that's holding us back. I know for me and my experiences, Fear was definitely a factor in just going for it and just starting. And I love your story because when you hear the story um, of you going into shame, right? When you were talking about your husband and your relationship with that and Mm. just also having just coming back from the background of like getting from a divorce. I've been divorced before, too. And that's hard. And, And then dealing with that shame right moving forward so if you can touch a little bit on that because I know a lot of women and a lot of women come to me yeah they come to me with their dreams as well but they also come Mm -hmm. to me with their personal relationships um, and what they're dealing with inside their marriage and you know it's a lot more common than what a lot of people think what's challenging is that we think that in order to whether you have a business or not, in order to live a meaningful life or in order to grow the dreams that God has for you, we think we have to have a perfect path. We think we have to have the perfect degree and the perfect house and the perfect education, the perfect desk. I could go on. And I've learned through my story that it's just not true, that you can grow good things right where you are, right in what feels messy, whether, you know, like for both of us, we share the pain of divorce and for me, that was just a real eye-opening season of my life where I realized that I was capable of making decisions that hurt people. I was capable of making mistakes and so many things. And it can be difficult, like you said, to not live out of a place of shame. And we carry those things with us as if those things are our identity. And you know, certainly wasn't an overnight thing for me, but I have learned over time that God's grace changes everything. And it's not just a wishy-washy thing. It's, it's real. Like God's grace actually does change my life every day. And um, in that season of divorce and the season of marriage challenges with my husband and miscarriage and loss and our adoption, so many challenges that I've been through, those things have actually turned out to be the most fruitful seasons of my life because they changed me and they refined me. So if you allow God to work through the times of shame and to turn the shame into faith um, and to allow your identity to be created, not by your circumstances, but by who God says you are, then you can find true confidence. Amen. And I know it sounds easy, right? Like we tell people, you know, 
just right. just just have faith you know and everything like that but what would you say like what are things that people should do if they're dealing with some shame if they're dealing with regret mm-hmm. um what are some things that they can do to progress to to move forward or mm-hmm. pass that in your opinion in, in with your experiences yep a lot of things actually. Um, and there's certainly not a one size fits all solution or formula for this. You know, it's not really the way God works, but, um, if, if I was, or when I'm in that situation, it still happens sometimes. I number one stop and I pray about it. And my prayers are really simple. I just say, God, I'm feeling shame about this. Like I feel icky about this, or I'm believing these lies that the world is trying to tell me. Um, and I need help. That's it. Then I go to the word, I look and see what the truth says. And like I said, words have power, not just the words that we write or the words that we type, but the words that we drink in every day into our hearts and into our minds. And I ask for good counsel. I ask my friends to either pray for me or can you send me some truth about this? Like if I don't know where in the Bible to look for something or I don't know what the encouragement should be, I ask friends to help me. Amen. Yeah. And I think that prayer is an action step. Like we think it's just, Oh, pray about it. That sounds very nice and fluffy, but it's not prayer changes things. It does. It does. When you say, you know, Oh, you know, you have this great um, network of friends. I know for me coming out a very difficult, you know, I went through domestic violence, you know, I was abused. Mm. And when you go through, when you go through that, they take away kind of like your, they try to take away your identity and yeah. they try to take away the people around you, right? They want you to be mm. secluded. So uh, how about if someone is in that position, like maybe they don't have that great of a network. What what type of courage can you give them? Because I've tried to reach out and it's really hard. Um, yep. But what kind of courage yeah. can you give those people? Or what can you say? Because it's hard to say, hey, I need help. Yeah, it is. It's a really good point because... I can think of, especially in the time when I was going through a miscarriage, I didn't have any close friends at the time that had gone through that. I had like distant friends, but it was such a personal and painful and raw thing to try to express. Like, I didn't have words for it. I didn't know I, I needed help, but I didn't know like what to ask for, like how to say it. And I learned in that season that you don't have to have the perfect words. Just reach out and say, I feel broken. I need help. And people can identify with brokenness. They may not identify with the exact pain you have, but don't isolate yourself because isolating ourselves, like you said, like whether it is the horrible pain of abuse that you'd experienced that tries to strip you of your true identity or whatever it may be, um, we have to fight back ourselves. And it is a fight. Like, I'm sure you felt that too. Like, oh yeah. For me, even with miscarriage, like it was a fight sometimes to want to get up and get out of bed and try again i didn't want to move forward i wanted to go backwards yes yes i think that's i think that's the Um, hardest thing yeah i know for me like um one of the things i try to do is make it a point when i am feeling a certain way when i am depleted or drained i make it a point to basically know who it is that i can speak with iron sharpens iron and yeah. I think um, you have to also be careful, right? And who you say certain things to. And I think I think um, praying for discernment yeah. sometimes can be a, a great thing. Now, moving forward, yep. I have a friend um, that she went through that. She had a miscarriage. And for, you know, for someone that I never, I never experienced that. And it was really hard for me to yeah. give counsel for someone going through that. 
Is there anything that you can say to someone <clears throat> that may have gone through that or is going through that? May have a friend like how can like you know they've gone through that? How can you reach out to them? Mm. Yeah, you know that's a, a thing that's hard because even if we look at a person's situation and say assume that it is almost even identical. Like maybe your circumstances were so similar. We still don't know how that person is processing their pain. So my encouragement is to continue to ask what I call second questions of that person. Allow them to talk about the way that they're feeling without trying to fix it. Um, it, That's really what in retrospect I needed at the time. I needed someone to say, can you tell me more about that pain? Um, can you tell me about the details of what you've experienced? This is something that my husband, he is um, a radiologist. He works a lot with cancer patients and terminally ill patients at the hospital. And he has, you know, gone through many classes that train you on how to interact with terminally ill people. And the, one of the number one things they say is that people who are facing death or facing a hard illness, the, the thing that they need the most is for someone to acknowledge their pain. It almost seems like, you know, why should I ask you how you're feeling if I know you're probably feeling awful, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But you have their, their human heart acknowledged for where they are is so powerful. They feel like they're not just passed over. They feel like they're not just a number or a patient. They feel like a person. So I think it's the same with our friends. Even if we don't know exactly what the pain is that they're experiencing, we have to we have to just connect with them heart to heart and allow them to talk about it. Wow. I mean, I had to ask you these questions because you're so, you're a woman filled with so much wisdom and so much discernment, you know, and, and the way that you are so transparent in your own journey. How do you do that? How do you just, just tell it all, tell it like it is. And (laughs) with the rawness, with the realness, you know, and, and with the, the genuine way that you just come across? How do you do that? Like, what is it that, what is your question? Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yes, this is how he made me. And this is what he's called me to. But I've also made a whole lot of mistakes in my life. And I think a lot of it comes from that from making giant mistakes, falling on my face, hurting people in the past being hurt myself. And when you go through those things, it gives you a lot more compassion seems like a fluffy word, but it's true. Compassion for other people. And it makes me want to help people to walk through seasons of transition or change or waiting or grief in better ways, not to take those seasons away from them, but just help them navigate those well. So I think the answer is that I'm compelled to share openly because of what God has done in my life. Like, why not? You know, if I it's not me that fixed all this stuff. It's not me that changed my life, even though I did make intentional decisions to get to certain places. It's God. So since I've been given this gift, why would I not share? That's what I think about. Amen. I love how you said um, not to take those seasons away from people. Like, can you go mm-hmm. a little bit deeper with that? Like, what makes you say yeah. it that way? You're good at asking the good questions. <laughs> um I think that, that, that especially as women, we like to fix other people's problems. It's easier than fixing our own. It's just a general thing that we like to do. We're really good at solutions, you know, it's how we were created. And it is really easy to try to 
deflect from what someone is experiencing instead of allowing them to sit in it. So for instance, um, my daughter, Grace, like there are many times when she has challenges with whatever, you know, life is hard when you're five years old, trying to figure out the way of the world. And if I were to just do everything for her or fix everything for her and not allow her to struggle, she would never learn to cope with it or deal with it. um, As much as I want to swoop in and rescue her from everything, that's not the way she's going to learn. It's the same with our friendships. Amen. By the way, I don't know if you can hear my son. He's like in nap time, but he's like regressing. <laughs> he's like, that's not <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> so I have like a, a three-year-old. <laughs> yes, I have a three-year-old. And then um, my five-month-old, the five-month-old, he's like sleeping like silently next to me. But my three-year-old, he's oh, like, oh. do you hear him? <laughs> Just in case. No, well, we're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hear my kids screaming in the background too, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I don't feel as bad. <laughs> I want to go into um, when you said that you have hurt people and that, you know, also people have hurt you. I think that's a big deal because we think in order for us to move forward or to pursue our dream, we had to not have like a squeaky clean background, have not done any like mistakes or anything like that. Because sometimes the enemy wants to kind of say, well, you did this. And remember that point when you didn't handle this right how is your perspective on those moments and how do you handle that? Because I know that you say that, but what made you kind of like realize, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. I, I don't know the exact verse reference off the top of my head, but there's the verse about doing the things we don't want to do. <laughs> you know, it's like, I want to be the perfect friend. I want to be a perfect mom. And I want to be a great boss 24 seven, but I was created sinful. I was created a mess. And so that those things, when I mess up, you know, like I mentioned before, or I make a choice that isn't the best one, it, it draws me closer to God. Like those are the things that humble me and they make me a better leader. So for instance, I think I, I, for most of my business life, have always felt inadequate as a leader in some ways. Like I used to call myself an emotional person and I assumed that I was ill-equipped for this. Mm-hmm. But then I started to read and whether you're listening and you have any Bible knowledge or not, it, either way, it doesn't matter. But I started to read about the p- people in the Bible that God used to Amen. do really amazing things. And by the standard of biblical times, those people were not anything truly special. So they were like fishermen and farmers and shepherds and various other, they would call a lower end group of workers. And maybe that translates to our generation to be like people who have lots of followers on Instagram or famous people or whatever it is. And that's not who God used. He used people who were imperfect to do marvelous things with them. So all that to say is that I've realized that the best way to lead is through humility, not any other way. Yeah. Wow. You know, right now I'm in a, in a period of transition that I have like a team that are depending on me and, you know, and that's hard. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's hard. That's hard. So when, cause I know you've gone from, from like event planner to mm-hmm. personal trainer, the first personal trainer, event planner, Southern yep. Women's Magazine, <laughs> well, before that, blogger. Yep. <laughs> and I yep. love, I, I love the struggle when you had, um, when you picked a name, 
something, you know, it wasn't the right name. And then there was a struggle there. Yes. Um, <laughs> but in, in all of that, you know, when you went, when you decided to have a team, how, how did you transition from being just, you know, putting certain things together, seeing the, um, how God is calling you and then noticing when God is saying, okay, you need to, you need to prepare for increase, right? You need to prepare for that transition. Mm-hmm. When- yeah. At first it's out of necessity. So I think many times as young business owners, we come up to these points where we're like, oh my gosh, things are growing. I have no idea what to do with this. I need people. And you just kind of scramble around, you find someone. And for me, my very first employees came off of Craigslist, which I don't recommend, not because of those people, but it's just not a good place to find good employees. Um, And yeah, so now though, what I would say to myself in a time of needing to expand is, are we going to be able to help more people by adding to our team? Like, obviously the main questions are what, what's the need? Can we afford this? But 99.9% of the time, the answer to the question, can we afford this is not a yes. The brought that person on, we would be able to afford it. So that's kind of a complex answer to your question, but (laughs) there are so many factors that go into it. Number one is prayer. Number one is, you know, is this person, are are we supposed to do this, God? Like, is this a yes from you? Am I growing for the wrong reasons? Or, you know, should I hold back and just be smaller? And so at this point in our business, we have all come to the conclusion that we would like to stay where we are in this current season. And that's very intentional. We want to be able to connect with each other well. We can't imagine, you know, adding another person to the mix at this point. Anyway, I could go on. But the answer to your question is you have to trust God, which is scary as a leap of faith. But it wouldn't be called a leap of faith if there wasn't something scary to it. (laughs) And um, you have to look at the possible, this is very strategic, but you have to look at the possible income you could make with that person added. I don't know if that helps. It does. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, that definitely (laughs) helps because it's the truth. If it's not going to increase, money is an amplifier. Money is an amplifier. It amplifies who you are. That's that's something that I've noticed. Um, It just amplifies who you are. If you're um, not so good of a person, it's going to amplify that, right? You're not gonna, mm-hmm. you're going to work mm-hmm. and not so good of a person in in a bigger mm-hmm. in a bigger way. But if you're a pretty yeah, that's true. If you're a pretty good person, it's going to amplify that, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're faithful with the small, he's going to give you more. Mm-hmm. Will this be able to amplify us forward? Right? Is, mm-hmm. is another way of looking at it. Is this going to yep. be able to amplify our message more? You know, yeah. and then knowing how to use the amplification, right, in, yeah. in other ways, um, because it's it's just a tool. It's nothing that should be like, oh, you know, it's it's a factor. It's the way that this world works. But you know, mm. live in the world, but don't be of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, so um, moving forward, I want to really get into where you're at now because I've noticed that you're at a really good place now um yes. especially the way you said that that's intentional this is where we want to be now what made you make that decision I know that um you went into a little bit but what made you that make that decision yeah last year was a tough year for us um personally it was a refining year we added two children to our lives within a six-month span and I mean, any change in your life is going to throw things topsy-turvy for a while. And while it's a huge blessing to have these children in our lives, it was very challenging for us. And just trying to figure that out and just a lot of emotions that I had surrounding 
our adoption and the grief I felt alongside our birth mother, so many things. So all that to say, along with that came a lot of um, turmoil in our business because I was absent in this season of trying to figure it out, having no time for like just life, um, just trying to figure it out. And so the business got very shaky and rocky at one point. Um, you know, there weren't people, I mean, there, I wasn't there to lead, wasn't really there to help make good decisions. I felt like I couldn't make big decisions in that time. It was a very sleepless season. And both my husband and I felt depression and anxiety. And all this to say that um, that season caused us to, number one, grow our faith it was a time of drawing close to God because we felt very weak and inadequate and broken and um, our faith strengthened, strengthened and our bond as a family ended up strengthening. Amen. My resolve with being intentional with our children completely changed. And yeah, just a lot of things changed. You mentioned it before, but we changed the name of our company. Um, half of our company was called the Laura Casey shop before. And now it's called cultivate what matters. Cause it wasn't just about selling products. It's about helping people to cultivate what matters. Amen. And, um, seems like so insignificant, but I stopped straightening my hair. <laughs> no, that is very, and that is just very let it go. significant. That is very significant as a fellow curly haired girl. Yes, um, yes, yes. High five. What, and it's, what day it's is funny. This, it's like, by the way, what day, what day are you in? Oh, curls? that's a good question. I'm on day three. Thank you. You speak the curly hair language. Yeah, I'm on day five. <laughs> wow. It looks good. It's See, already, it's like it's this holy thing off. for me, but I didn't even realize that's the point. I didn't even realize I was like hiding the way that God made me. It seems like silly to talk about hair, but it's not. It's not. This whole season just made me look at the way I was doing everything. And even something as seemingly small as getting up every day and flattening my hair as flat as I could and trying to hide it and spending hours straightening it just because I didn't like the way God made me. It just broke one day. I woke up one morning. I was like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I never thought about it before, but I'm tired of it. So um, anyway, out of that hard season came a lot of clarity. And when you come to a point of clarity, it causes change. And it helps you to see like where you want to be. So um, like you'd asked before, you know, how did we come to this point of knowing that we just want to be where we are? It's that I want to shepherd these relationships that I have really well. And Amen. I, we work from my home currently. Um, some people work remotely, but I can't imagine another person in here. It would just be more disruptive to my family life. And so this is it. So if this is the amount of people that we want, then we ask ourselves, how big then do we want our business to get? Like, what can we handle and handle well? And we're wanting, of course, to get power sheets and our messaging out to the world but we don't want to grow any bigger than this as far as being a team. You know, that, that kind of hits me a bit. Um, that's kind of sad because I was planning on joining the team, you know, and, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, you never just know being that one person. <laughs> <laughs> you can 
be our honorary team member. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll be cheerleading. Can I be like a cheerleader in the back? Like every yes. time when you guys like, you know, do something profoundly amazing, I'll just like cheer. <laughs> uh, you're the best. I love that. That's very sweet. <laughs> no, you're awesome, Laura. Uh, you have no idea how grateful I am for, for this opportunity with you here. I love the I'm message. Very grateful for how you encourage many women. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. So, you know, I've I've always been with the slow growth, too. I've been afraid to like amplify more or get out there more. So that's why I've, I've kind of like just stuck with the slow, the slow and steady because I've been recklessly finding who I am as a creative, right? Just, Hey God, who am I? Mm. Recklessly. And then I went into, okay, I found it. Now what is its purpose? And, and that's where I'm at now. Now, like now I have more of like, okay, now it's time for me to kind of, be more intentional of sharing it out more and be out mm. there more. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that's wonderful. I just want to be true to that because God is the one that brought me out of all this stuff, right? Grace, like how you say. Yep. Laura, what is the next step for Laura? <laughs> like, what is the next step for you from this point? <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you going? Yeah, like, you know what's sneaky. crazy <laughs> is that I just, I spent the last year writing a book called Cultivate. And then rewriting the same book because when we went through all this life change, I just, um, for many reasons, had to start over. And what was interesting about writing that book is I wrote out two years in advance almost. And for me, it was a year in advance because I was kind of behind on it. So all in all, I had to write out the answer to your question, which is what's next? And that kind of calls you to live it. <laughs> you know, it's like if I wrote it in the book, I better live it. Yes, Um yes after much prayer and much change and really months and months and years of coming up to this, I felt God telling me to step away in certain ways, not altogether, um, but go into a season of homeschooling grace. And he just has clearly put that on both Ari and my hearts that that's what we're supposed to do in this next season. And that's obviously a huge change. But it's trying to work itself out. It's amazing. These things that at one point seem so overwhelming, little by little, God gives you clarity as you continue to press forward. So I'll be, you know, going down to more part-time hours. Wow. That's um, a big deal. Releasing a book in the summer. And then after that, going into homeschooling grace. Wow. I know um, I was on your um, Insta live and some people were asking questions about homeschooling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah, we have some ideas on what we're going to do, um, but just really trying to stay open to whatever works best for Grace's learning style and for me learning that over time. So, yeah. Can you give me a little like um, run through in your day, like when you wake up and, you know, because, you know, as moms, you do have like time stamps, like this yes. time this person <laughs> wakes up. and then this We do. We got a schedule here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So we, this is kind of weird, but when the time changed back in November, we stayed on the same schedule. And so we have one clock in our kitchen that's set to the old time and one clock that's set to the current time. <laughs> because it just helped with the kids schedules rather than changing them up an hour. And now it makes it so much easier for us to get to church on time on Sunday. So we get up really early because of that. We get up at like five and so everybody eats, then they kind of settle in and I start 
my workout at home. So I have an exercise machine that we got on Craigslist and it sits in our bedroom. I actually do use it. Do you use <laughs> and, any videos? Um, I like particular I don't videos? use any videos, oh. although I, I know lots of people love Revelation Wellness and there's so many great videos out there. Yeah. So I, I do my workout in the morning and then we have a wonderful um, nanny who comes to the house and she stays with the kids while I work and um, takes Grace to preschool in the morning. And so my working hours are about nine to four and we have meetings and projects and long form writing, but in between that I'm with the kids. So I'm very grateful to work from home and go downstairs for lunch and hang out with them, which is also, it's a blessing, but it's also challenging sometimes for the kids because they don't like transitions where mommy has to go back upstairs, but it's worth it. And then we start our nighttime routine. So four o'clock is bath time. Five o'clock is dinner time. Six o'clock is little Sarah is asleep. Seven o'clock, Josh is asleep. Seven thirty, Grace is asleep. So <laughs> we go to bed around eight. <laughs> that is amazing. What? <laughs> you don't even want to know when we go to bed. <laughs> Well, this is all out of necessity. Like we really did have late bedtimes before and then our lives totally got shaken up last year, like I said. And we realized that in order to function, we had to make sleep a priority. And when I say making sleep a priority, that sounds like kind of like, okay, everybody wants to make sleep a priority, but um, we had to learn. Like we had to, as parents, learn better sleep habits. Yes, We worked with a sleep coach friend of ours who's here locally and um, Irene Gouge for any local friends that are listening. She's awesome. Yes. I have a lot of locals. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was super helpful and just helped our kids to function better. Now I hear like in in the back of my mind, Linda, ask her about the whole adoption stuff. (laughs) You know, like I just hear it like you missed that. (laughs) So um, since we have some time and I know that's like that's going to be really deep. And so this is going to be the one, you know, so um, (laughs) the way that that just ended in in from the last time, if I can if I can remember, was you were in the transition of like. You weren't, this is new, the whole adoption. You have Sarah now. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, I've caught bits and pieces, of course, like on your blog and everything and on on your Insta and you sharing that. Thank you. And your gardening. I love it. Let's go into the last year. Can we do that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) It's really appropriate because today I'm wearing a t-shirt from our adoption consultants that says love makes a family. Amen. And um, yeah, so the, the brief version of this story is that we never ever thought that we would adopt. Like this was not something Ari and Lara do, you know, like we (laughs) thought people who adopt have superhuman genes. They're awesome. That's great for them. You know? And um, then I went to the miscarriage and it wasn't like, this is maybe going to sound a little strange, but at that time we definitely wanted to have another child. We were trying to have another child through the season of miscarriage, but Adopt did not come up because we wanted to add another child to our family. Adoption came up because we felt like God was telling us to do it. And we knew that it would be about much more than just adding another child to our family. And as we started to little by little make steps forward and hear other people's stories, our prayer was that we would hopefully get to minister to the birth mom as well, that it would be about her. Ooh, chills telling the story. 
Amen. I haven't really told my adoption story for many reasons. One is that it's hard to put words to this experience, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Thank you. I, tr- I truly appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No. And, and that's the whole reason we have, you know, walked into this is because God said do it and we hope that it brings some glory. So Amen. Um, we said yes to um, working with um, Courtney from Faithful Adoption Consultants, who's the t-shirt that I'm wearing today. And Courtney came from a recommendation from many people. It's a faith-based adoption consultant group that basically walks you through the process and prayerfully holds your hand and connects you with um, birth moms across the world, across the country, sorry, they only do domestic, across the country to find the best match that God has for you. And so we started working with them and in the middle of that, found out that, not in the middle of that, but in the middle of that, we had Joshua, my son. So we kind of had to put it on hold for a little while. (laughs) Um, But right after he, when we got back into the process and matched with a birth mom on Christmas Eve, Eve of um, two years ago. And 2015, so two years ago. We matched with a birth mom, which means that a birth mom chose us. And she said, I've decided that I would like you to be the family to raise my child. And um, this particular birth mom, it it was crazy. I mean, I remember sitting here, right here at this desk where I am right now and getting that call and my call to RA right away. And I was in tears and it's very, it's again, it's like so hard to put words to it because in one breath, you're so grateful that God has given you this situation in your life. And at the same time, I personally, having just had a baby months before, meaning like three months before that Oof, time, yes. I felt just this profound respect and empathy, all the words for this birth mom and what, and I, I'm not allowed to share her particular situation, but just in her particular situation, what she was choosing to do was so selfless. We then 10 weeks later um, flew to the state where the baby was going to be born and just total God experience getting to spend really quality time with her and just falling in love with her as a person and just knowing, having a confirmation too that she was making the right decision. Cause you never know, you know, you never know like who people are and what they're all about, but we knew that this was the right thing for her. And she felt that way too about us. It's funny. I remember her saying, later on in that week after we spent more time with her, she's like, you know, when I met you guys, I just couldn't stop thinking of myself. Gosh, they're so cool. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if we're really that cool, but great. <laughs> Amen. But I'm grateful that she connected with us. So anyway, our daughter, Sarah was born and we walked into the hospital like five seconds after the birth, we missed it by five seconds. She progressed a lot faster than we thought that she would, but it was all perfect. We believe that that was God's plan and got to spend that week there with our birth mom and with um, Sarah and uh, yeah, just really sweet time that we were not expecting to have to really get to know her. We had her over at our house and it was just awesome. And then the reality of having essentially two newborns started to set in. So again, I'm going to shorten this version of the story, but I was breastfeeding Josh at the time and also tried to do that with Sarah. And the short version of this is that my hormones just crashed. 
my milk supply like instantly cut off within 12 hours because of the amount of stress that my body had been through, not just in that, but just in the whole experience. And again, God breaks us down to build us back up. Like God uses the times when we are so humbled to the point of getting on our knees and saying, I just don't know if I can survive this to grow our faith. And that's exactly what he did. We didn't know how we were going to love three children at once and take care of two newborns at once. And for me, feed them and how this is going to work with work. Like there were so many, God, how does this work questions? But he did give us those answers and strength in his timing. So now Sarah is 11 months old and she is thriving. And it was, it was a challenging process to bond with her at first, which sounds like so wrong and backwards. Um, like, how could you not bond with a baby, you know? But it had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with where God had us and what he wanted us to learn. And so we have, you know, it's interesting to write a book about cultivating things little by little when you're actually living it yourself. So little by little, we were able to find ways of being a family of five through prayer. That was it. Yeah. We didn't have strength. We didn't have like a book that told us how to do this. It was just prayer. And every time that we prayed, every time Ari would, I would grab hands in the middle of like screaming children all over the kitchen, yes. he would change us and things would change. So all that to say, whether you're listening and you are having trouble bonding with your spouse or you know, with a child, or maybe it's something else, maybe it's something else you want to grow, like a business or whatever it is, little by little, God can change that. And he will direct you. Like you said earlier in our broadcast together, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. And that's what it really comes down to. Amen. It's something that, um, you know, was coming up time and time again. And Sometimes we think it's all the stuff that's around us, right? Like everything has to be perfect around us or, you know, there shouldn't be any problems. But in this mm -hmm. world, you will have trouble, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just inevitable. But I feel like, you know, what God, you know, store up your treasures in heaven, right? And I feel mm. like God wants us to connect with people, you know, as humanly possible, the connection that you and your husband have, you know, you and Ari, I think that's a God connection. To, you know, if two or more are gathered in my, my name, there I am in the midst of them. So mm -hmm. that's where God lives between you and your husband. That's where the connection mm -hmm. is. That's where God can work through. And yep. and you're his body, you know, and he, we, we are mm, his that's temple. That's encouraging. Yeah, as long as, as there's always prayer, regardless if things are going the right way or the wrong way, as long as there's always prayer, it will move the mountains. It will put things mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to. It's the midnight hour yeah. and things are going to come how God says is going to, to happen. Yeah. Amen. You know what, what I hear? Like the devil is just a mouse with a microphone. Oh, but it's true. It's true. <laughs> you know, like he's just trying to yell. You know, he walks around like a roaring lion. He's just trying to intimidate you. He's just trying mm -hmm. to tell you all the stuff and throw all the the mean stuff and all the things that you're inadequate about just to stop you in your tracks. And, and mm. 
you know, but really what's going on, that doesn't matter. What matters is what's going on within you guys, within that house, within your hearts, within, Mm. you know, those moments that you are broken, but there's praise through the tears, right? Yes, yes, exactly. It took me a long time to get over my second when he was born. Um, And I'm gonna make this quick Mm. because it was so much pain. I prayed for like a year, girl. I prayed for a year. Like, God, wow. you know, a smooth, smooth pregnancy, please. A smooth pregnancy. Mm. And it just didn't happen. And I spent like two weeks like contemplating the birth and like, what did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong? Yeah. Why wasn't there grace? Why wasn't, why was it so painful? Mm. And there I saw that he did give me everything. He gave me a healthy baby and everything was all right and everything was fine. You know, he gives us what he, we, he does give us the truest desires of our hearts, not the thing that we mm-hmm. think we want. He knows that what we so can true. handle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know what you mean. Yes. Laura, where can people find you? Where can people find your, <laughs> find your power sheets? I want to get some. They can find me on lauracasey.com. And we have a new site that is launched called cultivatewhatmatters.com. And um, on Instagram too, at lauracasey. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes for everyone. Thank you for being on the show, Laura. Thank you for listening to me and hearing me out. (laughs) Thank you. This was such a blessing. I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm the one who's grateful. Wasn't that episode so amazing? Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, subscribe, leave a review. We need that so we can get more eyes on this show and just spread the news, the good news. And also, are you in Raleigh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, or the Triangle area of North Carolina? You'll hear my babies in the background, but it's okay. Come join us for a workshop and runway show that is meant to amplify your message with your business. We have headshots, we have an amazing lineup, guests and teachers, and we also celebrate with a fashion show that is meant to impact the community and help underprivileged children join an apprenticeship program, shadowing designers and gaining real world experiences. This is something that my heart is all over and I pray and hope that it's all over yours as well. This is going to be an amazing event. It's going to sell out quickly. Right now, early bird tickets are on sale. So go get your ticket and join us in Durham, North Carolina at ReCity. Go to lindamendable.com slash workshop. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Thank you. Go to lindamendable.com slash workshop.